Hello and welcome to episode 97. I mean, Connor McDa- 97 of the TLDR podcast. Boo. The boo's already ensuing. This is crazy. Boo. We're like three seconds in. <laughs> it's episode 97, but as Trayden so just loves the Oilers here, he went with 90. He said, Connor McDavid. It's Connor McDavid's episode. And just so y'all know, you guys are in for a treat this week. Because if you like to see, see and hear Trayden emotional, <laughs> unhinged, upset, and just yelling, this is the episode to do it. Oh, yeah. He's pissed. You'll hear it in segment number two. We have to go through my basketball <laughs> segment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess <laughs> I, I don't have very much emotions about the basketball, but baseball and hockey. Oh, yeah. Trayden doesn't have emotions at all, unless it's those two sports. <laughs> oh, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But before we get into all that, before we get to the emotional trading and the twiggish Tyler, we're going to check in with the guys, see what their weekends are like. What did you all do this weekend? Trading, you go first. Let's not be emotional. Uh, no, I'm going to be emotional. It's going to be emotional. <laughs> Our fucking podcast. Um, and, and, I, and I warned you guys, and I'm going to warn the, the fans uh, that listen. Uh, it was a it was a good weekend. Um, Friday was fantastic. I uh, went, went, uh, went down to L.A. and watched the Oilers completely drum the L.A. Kings. Um, after that, uh, played some golf with you, James on in the morning, which was, which was fun. I mean, it was fun to get out there early. Always love that. And then yesterday, great mother's day with my mother for half the day. And then, um, last half, the Oh, and by the way, I did a lot of wedding stuff, which was nice. Um, so I, I was very productive. Um, and then after that, um, after she left, we did, um, we, 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 we watched hockey and, uh, <laughs> well, I thought it was hockey um i'll just leave it at that so guys i'm extremely irate today uh, it was not a good day um and Yikes. It, it sucks being a fan of, of uh, it being such a fan of something that it can completely ruin your next day or make it the greatest day in the world um and and yeah that's how i'm feeling right now so um we'll get to that we will get to that and i'm excited for it hope you guys are too uh tyler though how was your weekend you had a week off it was your bye week what did you do well it was it felt it felt good it was nice um i actually had a friend visit um from from northern california uh so i got to hang out with him on a friday uh so that was cool uh did that uh watch the kings just again they weren't playing hockey they were playing something else on, on on friday night uh so that was that was rough um and then uh saturday I uh, got to go up and visit my mom because she worked on Mother's Day. So went up in there and spent the day with her on Saturday. And then on Sunday, spent the day with uh, Jess's grandma and mother in San Diego. So it was in the weekend full of mothers um, and it was great. Uh, it was fun to spend it with family. Um, so yeah, it was a good weekend. That, that's great, man. And if you guys are watching, you can see Tyler just fiddling with his microphone because Ollie is all over the place. Yeah, he's, he doesn't know how to settle right now. He's just trying to figure it out. You got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, happy belated Mother's Day. It's Monday. You'll probably hear this on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, but happy belated Mother's Day. I don't think we have any mothers who listen to this, but if we do, <laughs> this is for you. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get right into the meat of the episode here. Uh, I know you guys want to hear trading, but we're going to start off with the NBA this time, which is great. NBA basketball is super fun. It's actually, though, this NBA this year, second round, Tyler was right. The second round is ridiculous Mm -hmm. we're going to start off in the western conference this time warriors versus grizzlies as it stands on monday monday at 5 p.m the warriors currently lead the series two to one and the warriors are coming off this amazing showing of basketball where they shot 63 percent from the field and put up 142 points 
if they do that every single game, they'd never lose a game. This team is all offense and they're hitting on all cylinders as of game three. So there's actually a lot of drama going on between these two squads here. The team would happen to Gary Payton the second and what just happened to John Morant and Jordan Poole. Like there's a lot of bad blood and a lot of drama between these two teams. Do you expect this series to get more physical or do you think the refs are going to kind of clamp down on it and make sure everybody's not as emotional and is more safe? Um, I, I don't really know. I mean, I, I guess I would like, I, I would like to think that the players are just going to push the envelope as much as they can, because this is the type of shit that like, finally I'm seeing some emotion out of, out of, uh, out of basketball players, which is, which is nice. Um, I like physical play. I like physical basketball as much as it, as much as I still don't understand what a fucking foul is. Um, and what, and what <laughs> is a foul, what's not a foul. I don't fucking know. Um, th- there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting, you know, a lot of interesting storylines. The whole thing with John Morant is, is interesting at best. Um, I have my own opinions or questions. I don't want to get into it, um, but it is going <laughs> to, st- it is going to stay physical. Um, and I, I just very much worry about the Grizzlies without John Morant. Very, Absolutely. very, very, very much worry. The thing about that is, and I, I thought about that too. But during the regular season, and I get this is playoffs, this is different. But during the regular season, John Morant was out for 22 games. True. The, how many games do you think the Grizzlies won? They won 20 what? out of five. 20 out of 25. 20, yeah, 20, 25. That's not bad. Losing your star player and putting up numbers like that, everybody else stepped up. And I get it. It's not the playoffs. That's the regular season. But they played playoff cardboard teams during that little stretch. True. However, the la- the 29 minutes that Morant has sat in this series is they've lost by 32 points. So it is the Warriors. It is the Warriors. And I mean, part of that too happened when they put up 142 points. So that that's a huge thing, man. They're not going to put up 142 points, 63% from the field every single game. No. That is virtually impossible. No. Yeah. And so, I mean, those numbers are a little bit inflated. They're great numbers. Yeah. But they are inflated. Very Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's going to be tough. Um, I think the Warriors are playing, like I said, it's one thing to, for Morant to be out. And you, you kind of mentioned the record without Morant in the Ringo season, but I mean, you're playing the Golden State Warriors every single game. It's a team that's, that's, that's much better. And can it, will it be able to game plan against that? Um, because you're, you're, you're playing the same team. Um, and the Warriors are looking very, very good. Um, and I agree with uh, Traden. I think, I think for the, in, in order for the Grizzlies to, for me to, for, for them to even to win this series with, with, uh, John Morant, they needed to be playing their best basketball. They, 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 they lose their, their, their top player. It's, it's, it's hard for me to envision them seeing them uh, winning, even if he's out for just one game. Do you think this series is going to get more physical though, or do you think it's going to calm down a little bit? Uh, see, I always think when things like this happen, it does get more, it, it will get more physical. That's what I anticipate, but I feel like it always doesn't. I feel like players eventually just realize, Hey, we have a game to win. And that's, that takes precedent over, you know, trying to get back at somebody or whatever. Um, that's how I feel it usually goes. So my gut tells me it's probably not going to get more physical. I think players are going to lock it in. They're going to they're going to forget about it for now and try to win the series. I think that's going to be more important. Now, obviously, things can happen during games and things can things can escalate and you know kind of create that spark that you know causes something else to happen. That could definitely happen because emotions are are very high. But um, I feel like every time something like this happens. It, it doesn't quite escalate really. I, it, it, especially from one game to another, like during a game, sure. But once the game is over, I feel like it kind of emotions kind of calm down again. And then you, 
you go to, to the next game. So I don't think it will escalate, but then again, it's, it's playoff basketball. Emotions are high, but I feel like the, the, the focus is going to be on, on winning the game, not necessarily kind of payback or whatever, what, whatever you want to call it. Though, though you could see if the game gets out of hand one way or another, especially if it's uh if it's the golden state warriors taking control, you could see the Memphis Grizzlies try to drag the Warriors into a fight that they don't need to be in. Um, right. And it'll be up to, it'll be up to the Warriors to not drop into that game. Cause you assume, because I don't think the Warriors are, are they're, they're not that kind of team. I mean, they're really not. Um, and if they, and they, and I think that they will beat themselves if they do. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you say they're not that kind of team and I agree with you about 93%. Draymond Green is that kind of guy. That is true. Let's be real. Like yeah. everybody else on that team, they like Steph. Steph is like this chill, like, hey, what's up, guys? Let's play some basketball. Let's have some fun. And Draymond's like, touch me and I'll beat your ass. So, so I guess that bows the question. I wanted to ask you guys, I want to maybe, I don't know if you're going to ask this, James. What about the John Morant, Jordan Poole incident? See, was it on purpose? Like, no, it was not on purpose. Like, it, it, I played basketball and there's no way in that split second of time do you make the conscious decision to not go after the ball and go for the leg itself? That happened so fast. And that honestly, everybody's blowing it up as that's the play he hurt his leg on, but the Thank play he hurt his leg on Thank was, you. was the one where he went up for the block and then hyperextended his knee. That was the play that he hurt his yes. leg on, but social media is blowing up this little pull. Like it's something like, nah, bro, that wasn't it. The best the part is it's turning into a fucking meme that they think that Jordan Poole is a fucking ripped at. Like they actually, one of the best memes was it was a it was a, a picture of of uh, the Winter Soldier go, like walking towards the battlefield, and they said John Morant getting ready for Game Four because he has his metal arm. Like he had, <laughs> like the amount of the amount of hand that he had on the knee was nothing. <laughs> like yeah. the amount of finger strength he'd need to to hurt a leg. I don't know, and I'm not. I, I tried to be. I tried to play it down because I'm not an athletic trainer, so I don't fucking know. But I can't imagine that he, Jordan Poole would have to have incredible, incredible finger strength to cause a knee injury in that moment. I mean, if he had that much finger strength, this girl would definitely be happy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 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 All right. You went there. I did. Hey, it, I'm not wrong. Like, You're I'm not wrong. You're not. You're not. <laughs> how the rest of the, how is the rest of the series going to play out though who's going to win after watching three games did your mind change at all you also have the warriors or you go grizzlies um uh, I, I picked the warriors to win in seven i'm going to say warriors in six okay. um i do think i like i mean both the first two games are very close good good hard-fought battles but i think the warriors figured out something in game three without morant coming in game four at least game four we don't know for the rest i don't know i i i I like the way that the Warriors are playing. I think they're 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 playing great basketball. They're they're healthy. They're they're clicking. I think the Grizzlies are struggling to breathe right now. They're kind of starting to drown a little bit. It can happen. Um, I guess as you mentioned, I think the Grizzlies are a much deeper, more talented team than a lot of people think. But so are the Warriors, and they're fully healthy and they're playing great basketball. So I'm gonna go Warriors and or sorry, yeah, Warriors and six. I'm not a huge believer in. Um in momentum game over game. However, um, I do think that simply the Warriors are just re- are going to be, are going to be ready to play for the next two games. They're done in five. Whoa. Okay. That's quick. Moving on to the other series in the Western conference, we got the Suns versus the Mavericks, a series that is tied at two or two. And uh, I, I did honestly didn't think this was going to happen. This didn't. Wow. Did. Luca, you a God. Good job. <laughs> um, one thing I did talk about, at length last week was DeAndre. 
And I said, this was going to be DeAndre Ayton's map, like his series. He's going to dominate. There's no way he doesn't. He hasn't been dominating. DeAndre Ayton's impact is minimal. He had one good game. Game one, he put up 25 points, like I said. And after that happened, I was like, I'm so good at basketball. Like, I should really be on ESPN and saying this. Just like, <laughs> like J.R. Uh, Reddick. J.D. Reddick. And then game the two, three, and four happened. And I was like, my God, he put up nine points in game four. This is not good. Uh, do you think that he needs to step up his game for the Suns to win? Or do you think this is extenuating circumstances where book D book got to step up his game too? CP three fouled out in game four. Right. And so they lost game four mostly because of that. He fouled out with nine minutes left in the fourth, not having your point guard. There is a huge detriment to your team. Who is this? Who is this on for the Suns? Is it on D book? Is it on Aiden? Is it on CP three? Who is responsible for the fact that they're down or they're tied instead of just sweeping this team? It's definitely Aiden. I mean, he, we talked about it going in. He was the clear advantage in this matchup, you know? So if, if, if he, if he's playing well, I think that's the sun's clear path to victory in this series. Now credit the Mavericks though, because they've done, I think they realize that and they're honing in their game plan on, on making sure that they contain Aiden and because they know that the rest of their team, their, their backcourt can compete with the, with, with the Suns. So they know if they can lock that guy down, they're going to give themselves a chance to win every single game, which is what they've done in the last couple of games. So they've rebounded very well, and, and, and they've done a great job of defending what they see as probably the Suns' greatest strength against them. So will the Suns adjust back? I think that's why it's fun to have seven-game series because you kind of see that go back and forth. I think this is the best series of, of any of the four so far. Um, both teams are playing great basketball. It's been really fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I definitely, for me, if, if, if Aiden can figure it out, if, if, if he can make the adjustment that the Mavericks made against him, the Suns will win. If not, it's anybody's game. What do you think, Trey? Uh, for me, um, I, 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 actually, I actually put it on the leadership group of the Suns here. I think, this, I think, the, I think the leadership group and the Suns, you know, that's, that's including Chris Paul to, to uh, the veterans. So you're, you're Jay Crowder. I think these guys are, are not – not providing the veteran leadership that they need to. And, and I, and I look at, I look at things like complaining about officials. I know that, I know that the official officiating has been bullshit actually in, in both, both playoff sports to an extent, but the NBA seems like it's, it's been quite inconsistent for at least from what I'm reading. And it sounds like the Suns are complaining about it every single step of the way. And that, and we saw that in, in game four and you are at that point, you're completely not involved with the game you're more focused on other shit that you can't control fucking suck it up (laughs) suck it up and you're you're seeing you're seeing a a mavericks team that is that is younger um luka Doncic is just playing absolutely out of his mind and before you know it you're gonna you're 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 going to see that type of team take advantage of your inability to throw away the shit that you can't control and focus on what you can and for that reason, I'm actually, I'm actually worried about the Suns right now. I mean, they did not get out of the first round unscathed. I mean, they, that was, that was a little scary. And then the Mavericks now are coming back and, they, and they're doing, and they're, they're doing what they, what, you know, what they believe that they can do. They believe in themselves and that, and that's a scary team to play against. Um, Deandre, uh, Deandre Ayton needs to, needs to step it up. Devin Booker. I mean, he, he's kind of leading the team. He, I, I don't, I don't see a problem. I don't really see a problem with, with his play, um, at least stats wise, but the other guys need to step it up, especially that veteran group. Uh, I, I just worry that they're, they're too involved with the shit that they can't control. And that is a recipe for disaster. 
do you think this uh before we move on real fast i just want to say i get what you're saying Trayden. like i see that but also luca literally complains the most out of any player i've ever seen in my entire life every single time up and down the floor he's complaining about something and that doesn't seem to affect his play at all because he's still putting up 34 so i get what you're saying but then also it makes sense because that's a full group of guys as opposed to just luca so that makes sense uh my next question though is do you think this series is going to come down to home court advantage because the Suns won two at home, the Mavs won two at home. Is this going to be home court advantage kind of game? It might. I mean, the I think the team that steals that steals a home game is going to be able to win it. I mean, I guess, I guess that's what the Mavs have to do. Um, obviously, if the Suns just win the home games, then they win the series, and that wow. and that, and that could happen. Um, it's crazy. I that, that's why we loved again. I I talk about the seven game series, and I think with we have a matchup like this, it's so fascinating because, you know it's just two teams going, going at it. They're, they're so close and competitive and it's, it, it's gone in a way that you expect it to go. And in a sense where it, it's just kind of back and forth, they, the uh, Suns won a couple the Mavs won a couple, they're both at home. Uh, I, I guess, like I said, anything can happen. I think the, the last three games in a seven game set that are close, I think a lot of times in any sport are vastly different than the first four. I think just adjustments get made and, and it's go time. It's, it's, it's best two out of three. So, um, I don't think it'll come down to that. I think I think a road team will win at some point. Um, but again, it's going to be fun to watch. Shane, what do you think? Two rules in playoffs: don't overreact to one game, and only worry when you start losing when you lose a game at home. The Suns are going to lose a game at home. They're going to lose game five, and by that time, they will have lost the series, and it will be over in six. The Mavericks are going to take this in six. I firmly believe that. Okay. Shocked. Speechless. I am very shocked. I mean, like, I thought I was going to, I thought, honestly, I thought the Suns were going to sweep it. So, I mean, I'm, <laughs> fuck if I know. <laughs> I love that bold statement, though. Good job, man. Hey, moving on. We don't, we, hey, you don't, you don't, you don't, we don't get, well, first of all, we don't get paid at all, but <laughs> we, we, we have to, we, you know, we have to be bold. That's what, that's what radio is all about or podcasting is all about. So, fuck it. Yeah. Mavs in six. <laughs> okay. Moving on to the Eastern Conference. Celtic versus Bucks. Uh, Bucks currently lead the series two to one. A game that's going on right now, five twenty-four p.m. on a Monday night. Game one and two were blowouts by the winning team, but on Saturday we finally found we finally had a close game, and that close game was fun to watch. Uh, but it, the thing that's crazy about that is that the Celtics only lost by two points, and their superstar Jason Tatum, who is not a point guard, went four for nineteen for, with ten points. This dude, that's not going to happen again. It's just like the Warriors aren't going to shoot 60% again. He's not only going to make four shots out of 19 again. And they only lost by two points. Crazy. Celtics Spurs Bucks. Like this right now, it's 41-40. Close game. Love it. Who is more important to this series? Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? Go ahead, Tyler. Uh, Jason Tatum, because I'm going to answer correctly this time. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, listen, like I just said, this guy is a star. He's gonna, he's one of the most important players on that Celtics team. Um, and he's like, I, everyone has a bad night. It's gonna be hard. It's hard to imagine that he's gonna have a bad series. Um, he's he's played well the, the rest of the games. I think the Boston Boston overall, I think, has been the better team. I just think they've kind of they've kind of been beating beating themselves a bit. And the Bucks have just played a cleaner cleaner game or a cleaner series so far. And that's why they you see them up two one. We'll we'll see what happens tonight. A uh, huge game for the, for the Celtics, obviously, to, to try and uh, even this up. Uh, but, yeah, Boston just needs to take care and play their game. If they can do that, they're going to win this series because I, I feel like they're the more talented, better team um, so far in, 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 
in this matchup, but you're playing the Bucks. You're, you're playing the defending champs, a team that knows how to win. They're, they're a veteran group. Giannis is playing out of his mind as he always does. Um, and they're playing just really good, fundamentally sound, clean basketball. And that's going to be hard to beat if you don't play your game. If you beat yourselves, the Bucks just may pull, a, pull off an upset here. Um, it's, a, it's a close matchup. I call it an upset because they're the lower seed. But um, I picked the Celtics win, and I still think they will. What do you think, Trade? Who's going to be more important, the, uh, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? It's Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is 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 uh, playing an all around better game in my opinion. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at the fact that he's almost averaging a double double per game last three games. Um, not playing the most minutes, but he's but he's putting up the most points, which means he, he's becoming more of an impact player. He's he's finding the way to get the rebounds, which in it in, in my opinion is 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 um, largely important. Um, and you know, for that matter, that that alone is it just shows that he's finding a way to to chip in and and be the best on his team and in they're going to need that to continue if they're going to want to, if they're going to want to beat Giannis in this team um, who, who, you know, are formidable, very formidable. And um, yeah, I have Jalen Brown as probably the most important player on the uh, Celtics team at this point. After watching these three games and now the fourth game, who do you think is going to take this? I know you said initially the defending champ, Milwaukee Bucks, not the Suns, the defending champ Bucks, we're going to take this in seven. Do you still stick by that? Or do you think the Celtics now have a chance? Oh, they absolutely have a chance, but game seven is it, that, that alone is talent is, is my, was, is the same answer. I mean, I'm, I'm at game seven, you're get you ever, you're ever, either team has a chance. That means both teams are going to be going back and forth the whole, the rest of the series. Um, I just think the bucks have the ability to finish at the very end to finish that last game. Uh, all, all I will say that it's going to be a close game. It could go down to an overtime situation or a, or a buzzer beater situation. Um, this game's going, it's going to the end, but I just, in my gut, I have the I have the Bucks squeaking out. I like that, and I just want to say before we move on. But uh, the more I watch Giannis, and everybody loves what Giannis plays, the more I watch Giannis play, I realize this man has no back. Like he literally just bull rushes and hopes for a layup or a dunk, hopes people gets out of his way or he's gonna get fouled. He got no moves, bro. He he's just a big lanky dude with muscles, so people get out of his way. But he has no back, bro. You put him put him one on one. It might be tough for him to score, is what I'm saying. Uh, but truth be told, he works hard, but he has no bag. Moving on to the Heat and 76ers, the last series we're going to talk about in the Eastern Conference and in this segment. The series is currently tied 2-2. Two to two. Last time we talked about this, Joel Embiid was out for at least two games. I thought it was going to be more, but it was only two. Joel Embiid came back after missing two games that the 76ers lost, and the Sixers won two more. So now the series is tied 2-2. Two to two. Uh, when Joel Embiid came back, Bam just got absolutely shut down by him. He put up like nine points or something. Like Bam was dominating, and then Embiid came back, and Bam was bad. What does Bam need to do to get back on track? He's playing as an elite defender in Joel Embiid now. What does he have to do? Shit, play better basketball. Obviously, I mean that's, <laughs> that, that that that's the simple answer. But I mean, I. Give, let's give some credit to the 76ers who held down the fort while and, and, and B was gone. Like I pretty much gave them no chance to win this series and they've done. I mean, they lost both games. Well, still, but they, but they, but they've done enough <laughs> to, 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 to come back and, and, and do it. What do you mean? They did enough to come back, bro. They lost both games. That's the, all you can the, do. The series is tied two two. And B came back after two games to help win the next two. <laughs> like, what do you mean? They did enough. They lost. That's. That's nothing, because then it's the next game. What? It's not like a war of attrition here. What do you mean? I don't know. Bam, play better. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, he, he needs to realize that he's, that he, I, I don't even know. Cause I, I, I don't, I don't know how to answer that because I don't know what a player can do if he's just simply outmatched. I mean, he is like, and, and it's different and it's different. And I can t- tell you how they can do it different in hockey because there's different matchups and there's ways to get around it. And there's ways for other players to step up to, to release some pressure. But I, I don't know what a single individual can do when he's simply outmatched because as soon as MB comes, came back, the, the series completely flipped. And you know what? I don't even, I don't even think that Miami has a chance now. I mean, they, 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 I really don't. I mean, th- th- there's a 20 point difference um you know the in game three and uh and i know it's only an eight point difference in game four but if 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 bam is is already being the guy that's being stifled since you know since uh Embiid comes back and Embiid's gonna get his we know he's gonna get his i i, I just don't know how i, I the, the answer is i don't know what you can do because you're just simply outmatched i i you know this is coming from a hockey guy who doesn't know i i don't know because you're you're just you're not as good it's not simple. So do you think the Sixers went out and it only no, goes to six games? No, I think, I think Miami is going to give up a fight. I mean, you know, it, it, game four is a bit better for them. I think that they're going to get, I think they're going to, they're going to take it the distance. I could see, I could see uh 76ers finishing up in six. I don't think this is going to win out in, I'm sorry. Um, this would go to six. I think it might go, it's going to go to seven. I just don't think they're going to win out, but um, you know, I, I give a game to, I give a game to Miami. We have some breaking news here via ESPN that I just got right now. Steve Kerr tested positive for COVID-19. He will not be coaching the tonight's game against the Grizzlies. Does that change anything for you? I know we just talked about them a while, like, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. Does that change your outlook on tonight's game with Steve Kerr not being there? No, not for me. I mean, uh, uh, coaches plan for this stuff. Um, Things happen. So ultimately, it's the players playing the game. And that's no disrespect to Steve Kerr and, and, and what he does, but uh, a good coaching staff is able to step up in, in situations like this. Uh, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, a uh, very similar situation to what, two or two years ago with the, uh, when I, uh, when I was talking about the Browns, I mean, Stefanski leaves the team still plays well. <laughs> I mean, look, look, he, he keeps it. He keeps his house tidy. He's a, he's a, he's a good leader um, of that group. And uh they're, they're going to get, they're going to get the job done. I mean, they, they, not that they can coach themselves. I'm not, again, not to, to, to Tyler's point, not disrespecting Steve Kerr, but I think that if the Warriors just come out and play their game, they'll be fine. Love that. And uh, we're going back to the heat and 76 really fast here. I got to ask Tyler one more question with Embiid back in the mix. Does that change it for you? Cause uh, last week you said you, the heat, we're going to win in six or seven. Now Embiid's back. Same yeah. thing. I, I, I'm, I'm going to flip my, my pick. I think this is the one series where I'm going to flip. I, th- I'm, I think Philly's going to pull the upset here with MB coming back. Um, I just, I, the last two games, I like the way that the, the Sixers have played. I don't like the way the, the, heat, the heat have looked. Um, like I said, anything can change, but I'm going to go with the momentum right here with, with MB back. I got Sixers and seven. Love it. And that concludes my NBA playoff round two segment. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, it's going to be the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Welcome back to TLDR Podcast. And as I mentioned before, trading is going to get emotional. You saw a tiny bit of emotion last segment, but now it's going to be like 125% of emotion. Trading might not stop yelling. It's the NHL playoffs and the Oilers lost 
last night on Mother's Day. And it ruined Trayton's day today. So you can only imagine how much emotion he's just been holding in and not letting out until right now. Now's a shot. You guys love this. Trayton, it's all you. Oh, I, I, I let it out at work. Um, that didn't help because there was already something annoying at work. Anyway, <laughs> not getting into that. No one gives a shit about my work life um, except me. Let's talk about the playoffs. We're going to start back in the East, guys. Uh, first of all, this NHL playoffs has been fucking insane. And I'll say and I'll tell you why. Um, seven of the eight series are actually close. I mean, right now, all these game fives are, are except for uh, the, 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 the Colorado series are all playing to tie the series at 2-2. Um, the entire other side, um, um, the entire, uh, you know, the games that happened yesterday are all 2-2. There, there's four series um, on one day. They're all 2-2. Um, and But the more interesting thing is, while the series are close, except for one, the games are not. The games are fucking blowouts across the board. We've only had one overtime, I believe, maybe two. Um, and one of them was a marathon triple overtime. But other than that, it's been four goal games, five goal games, uh, you know, six goal games in some cases. Um, the, you know, the crazy thing is we have, like I said, we have four, uh, four series tied to two, but only two of those 16 games have been close. Only two, two guys. Um, that was uh, LA's first game over Edmonton and Toronto's um, game um, against Tampa. Um, the, 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 this series, this has just been all back and forth. Um, and it, it's just been kind of bizarre. Um, we're, we're seeing some team, we're seeing some teams kind of shit the bed and we're seeing some teams actually do quite well. Uh, and, and guys, I, I will stand by this and I don't care what anybody says, whether you can disagree or, or agree with me hockey, specifically the NHL playoffs. It, when it comes to playoffs, the game changes more than any other sport in that that's out there. The players play different. The refing is different. The intensity is different. Uh, and everything is just different. The game is completely changed. Um, and, you know, basketball seems like it's more or less the same. I know that there's some, there's some changes, but hockey changes by far the most. And, um, and none, and that's more evident than ever before. Uh, and we're, and we're seeing it right now. Um, so let's, let's start right up in the Atlantic. Um, we're going to talk uh, the Florida Panthers against the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals lead 2-1. Um, and right now the Panthers are playing, and actually I don't have that game on. I have the other game one, on. 1-1 in the second. I'm sorry, say that again? 1-1 one, one in the second. 1-1 one, one in the second. Um, the story of this one is the Panthers can't score. James, you, you, uh, you bought into the, to the Panthers style. Um, and you know, I think, I think you and most everyone who's a hockey fan wanted that to be true. You did. You absolutely wanted that to be true, but the capitals specifically Ovechkin. And I, you even said on this podcast, you didn't care about Ovechkin. Ovechkin's taken over the series. He's completely taken over the series from a, from a physical standpoint, he's scoring goals, he's playing defensively and he's playing physical and the, the Florida Panthers have no answer, at least have had no, had no answer in a couple of these games. And James, I want to ask you, I mean, do you think, I mean, first of all, are you worried about the Florida Panthers? And do you think if they lose this game, it's over? I'm not worried about the Florida Panthers. And here's why. You just mentioned before, you were saying the game changes in the playoffs. Playoff experience matters. The majority of this Panthers team hasn't seen that much playoff action. Never let, like not even together. Like a lot of their key acquisitions came at the tread deadline. This team hasn't been playing together as much. 
On the other side, you have the Capitals, who's made multiple Stanley Cup runs, been in the playoff multiple times, been together as a team, know how to work together as a team in the playoffs. That's huge. And it hasn't been more evident than it has been in this series right now. And I think the fact of the matter is the Panthers are trying are taking this series and using it as their feeling out period. They're like, okay, like they honestly, aside from the the Kings Oilers talent gap, this had the next biggest talent gap, Panthers versus Capitals. This it was just so much better on one side and not so much on the other. And right now they're kind of like, okay, let's see what works for us in the playoffs and we'll go from there. Yeah, they can't score. Okay, let's figure something else out and we'll use these games to do so. They're only down two to one. I'm not all that worried just yet. I am kind of worried about Ovechkin, or uh, not Ovechkin, but Goalie Bob. My guy, game three, 0.833. Like, uh, if you go back to what you used to be a couple of years back, I'm sorry, but you can't, the, the Panthers can't outscore that. There are so many issues there. If he reverts back to what he used to be, that there's no way in hell that the Panthers make it. But if he can regain his form and go back to what he was in game one, game two, um, I mean, like he wasn't great, but he also maybe he was great on one game, uh, but he also wasn't a 0.83, like 0.83 is so bad. I, I honestly truly think that this is just a true uh, feeling out period for the Panthers playing together in the playoffs is a different animal. It's like the beginning of a new season. It's going to take a little bit of time when it melts together and it will, they're going to be a wagon and they're going to be hard to play against. It'll just take a couple games and hopefully they can figure it out before game seven, because that's where the series is going. And I was wrong. I said it was going to be a sweep. We're going to go opposite of that. We're going seven now. Um, <laughs> interesting. Um, that you know, th- this is this is a team that fans are coming out and 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 pissed off because there 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 is a lack of of engagement with the game. Um, and Tyler, I want to ask you. I guess I want to ask you the same question. What is your worry? Uh, what is your worry level at with the Florida Panthers? And um, do you think the Capitals are going to squeak this out? Uh, it's pretty high right now. The, uh, as we've, I know James hates this, but the president's trophy curse is real. Uh, we're seeing it right now. I know you, I know you hate it, but look, it's the evidence. We got the, the, the team that scored the most goals at an insane rate. One of the highest rates ever. And they're coming into this game and they can barely put any points on the board, um, against the team. Like I said, the capital, as you mentioned, James, let's give some credit to the caps here. They play great hockey. They blocked it down. They're an experienced hockey team that knows how to win them in the playoffs. So let's give the Caps some credit. But, I mean, the, um, just the insane drop-off in production from Florida in, the, in, in these first three games is, is insane. Uh, right now, it we're, looks like we might be 1-1 heading the third period. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think Bobrovsky is going to be huge. He has to step up. He, if, if, if the Panthers' scoring is not going to be there, he has to be much better. He just has to. Um, if, 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 if Bobrovsky can be better – the Panthers will have a chance to win this. They're going to squeak it out in a way that we didn't think they were going to, which is going to be like good defense and low scoring games. Um, so I'm a little worried. Um, I think this game will go seven uh, or, or, the, or the series will go seven. Um, I'm still going to have the Panthers winning it. Um, I think they will make the adjustment and, and, and they'll figure it out. But uh, damn, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. That, that, that's why you love there, – there's always one of these series in the, in the first round of, of, the, of, of hockey playoffs every single year. You're just like – like no one saw it coming. It just was – it's a complete upset. You, you, you can guarantee there's going to be one crazy upset every single time. This might be the series. Tyler, there's actually three possible series that are like that. But, yeah. yeah this bro, they're all 2-2. Two, two. What do you mean? <laughs> Florida, Florida was the highest scoring team this year. It was at 4.11 goals per game. 
Uh, they had the fifth best power play. This season, they're at 2.67 goals per game. Their power play has not scored a goal. Uh, they're, they, the combined special teams for the Panthers, 66, 66.7% between PK and, and power play. Washington is at 133.3%. The Washington Capitals are trapping the Panthers in the middle of the ice. They, have, they can't do anything. They, can't, they cannot play their game. And it, they're, they're hitting a huge... Rock, uh, they're hitting a huge rock and i'm going to be honest with you guys i'm very very nervous about florida and unless they can figure out a way to 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 win this game there's no way in hell that they they come back and win um three in a row there's no way um the capitals are playing their best game um samsonov is playing his best hockey um and and ovechkin is a is a man possessed and um and as much as i want the florida panthers to win i really really do i really worry and um and i'm gonna say right now I do think that the Florida Panthers are going to find a way to win in seven, but if they lose tonight, there, there's no way. Um, but very interesting. Um, one of the, one of the few interesting ones of the, of the, so far. Um, but the, probably the most interesting one, especially given all the drama behind it is the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay lightning. This, these guys have been just trading off games. Um, uh, game one, Toronto came up very, very hot laid an egg the next game came up really hot in game three, laid an absolute fucking atrocious piece of shit game. William Nylander, you are the biggest piece of fucking shit I have ever seen. You are the, you are an absolute disgrace to the game of hockey at times. You are a fantastic scorer. You're a fantastic offensive guy, but your lackluster effort is just at the epitome of what the Toronto Maple Leafs have been for the last fucking five years. And you're the, you're a main reason why the team is, is just as, listless as they always have been and i would be fucking worried if i was a if i was a, a toronto maple leafs fan because holy fuck that that um effort yesterday was absolutely atrocious this is coming from a guy who is about to say the same fucking thing about his own team um tyler the tampa bay lightning laid a bad egg game one and, I, and we were all worried and then all of a sudden they came back uh, they laid a bad again they laid a bad they laid an egg at game three they absolutely destroyed it this is a team that in comeback in, in games after a loss, they are the, the greatest team to ever play the game. Do you think that they, they are going to be able to sustain their, their, I guess their confidence back and, uh, and finish the Toronto Maple Leafs off in six? No, there's no way. Uh, I think we've seen how, how, how back and forth this series has been. I'd be surprised if the Lightning won the uh, next two games. I mean, it, it can happen, obviously. The Lightning, as we mentioned before, they've won back-to-back cups for a reason. They're a very good hockey team. But I still believe this Toronto Maple Leafs team is going to win this series. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be a time people are going to be frustrated and angry. That's the Stanley Cup playoffs, man. And I'm telling you, like, this Maple Leafs team, I, I've said it, I said it last week, it's the most talented team they've ever had. They've got a lot of players that are stepping up and doing a really great job. They'll, they're going to figure it out. Um, but they're but they have one hell of a test, man, because the Tampa Lightning ain't going anywhere. They're gonna they're gonna play them hard, they're, and 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 they're gonna play them to the best of their ability, and they're gonna have to play their best hockey. Um, but the way with the series has gone, where it's been been that back and forth, I expected that to continue. Um, I would like to see some, some more competitive games. I think a lot that's that's to be said for a lot of these series. Um, the series have been fun to watch because they're back and forth, but the games themselves have been kind of like wow, it's just it, it just feels one sided. Um, so hopefully we get some more, some close competitive games. It'll be interesting to see if, if, if that kind of shifts, uh, for a lot of these series. Um, but I, I still think that this is the Maple Leafs here. I think that they're going to sweep this out in seven. Whew. 
certainly Maple Leaf stands um, agree with you. Uh, James, um, here's the biggest criticism that the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, specifically the coaching, has had. Uh, Austin Matthews has played 19 minutes a game. Um, he is. He was. He was supposed to be the th- the third. He he was put in as the third um, shift of the game. La- this last game, he's not being put on any p- penalty kill in uh, situations. Um, he he's becoming not. He is not being utilized the way that he probably should be. And if the Toronto Maple Leafs lose this series, how how deep will the Maple Leafs be cutting the staff, including the coaching staff? I mean, pretty deep. You, you've said this time and time again, the Leaf, Maple Leafs have always been stuck in the first round. They've had these great teams who can score the puck really, really well, but have, for some reason, can't get out of the first round. And I think this theory that they do, but they're, they're going back to the roots and making dumb decisions like this. When it comes out, like, I think it was during our previews, you said if they, if they don't make it out of the first round, this is the coach of last year. Like there's no way, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's gonna be gutted. This team, this management, the ownership has entrusted this Maple Leaf staff to do its thing with such a talented roster for so many years, given the ups and downs of the league. And yet the Maple Leafs had stayed consistent about being great and not getting out of the first round. If they pull it off again, it's over, man. And it sucks to see a coach who a coach and a coaching staff who's made the playoffs consistently, but can't make the modifications needed to get out of the first round. Play Austin Matthews a hell of a lot more, please. Just like you said about Trevor Zegers a couple weeks back, just play him 20 minutes. Play him 22 minutes. He's going to make the NHL money. If you play Austin Matthews 22 minutes, he's going to give you two more goals. Yes. Why is that a bad thing? And I get you're saving him for deeper playoff runs. But this is, you're not, it doesn't matter. Those deeper playoffs runs won't matter if you can't get out the first round. It's quite simple. Play him more, you'll win. Austin Matthews is, is, is showing to be one of the best all around hockey players in the game. He's at, he's 24 years old. I think the guy can handle 22 minutes a game. Um, and, and it's funny because I, I have some, I have had criticisms for the Oilers coaches for the exact opposite issue because the Toronto Maple Leafs have the depth, but they, they think they have that too much depth and they don't, it's not, they don't have that much depth where you can't play Austin Matthews 22 minutes a night. There's no reason that he should not be on there. And you know what? I hope he, I hope they don't because there's there, because the Toronto Maple Leafs are showing that they have no, they have no emotion. They have no ability to close out. I, I was, I was like, Holy shit. After game one, I was like, Oh, that they're back. And I sit here I, I have I have no faith in the Toronto Maple Leafs once again. I think I think that they're going to take it to Game Seven once again. They're probably going to lose. Um, they're probably going to lose Game Six. And once and once it goes back to uh, to get to Game Seven when it actually matters, Vasilevsky is not going to lose. He's just not. He just doesn't lose uh, closeout games. So um, I'm the only one that has the Toronto Maple Leafs losing in, um, losing in this series. Um, and I you know I. I, I I don't know if I hope you're right or not. I think it would be interesting to see where, where t- uh, Toronto could go from here, but wow. Um, pretty embarrassing effort last night. Um, look, going on to the, uh, going on to the other side in the East, um, probably the most interesting, actually, these are the two most interesting um, series so far, in my opinion, besides our own Tyler, um, the Carolina hurricanes um, and the, Bo- and the Boston Bruins are tied at two, two. 
there's been no, nothing short of any type of, uh, of drama. It has been quite, quite um, dramatic in terms of how the games are, are uh, you know, being played. Tons of hitting, tons of clean hits. And guys, I have to say this, and I wanted to say this early. I, I, I don't understand why players aren't – look, as I mentioned at the beginning of the, at the, beginning of the segment, players change. Players play their game differently. They hit. They hit harder. They take advantage of, of idiots that have their head down. And we've seen twice, twice so far, players not aware of their situation on the ice. And they, they have to know that, that if you have your head down, you're going to get rocked now. You, you, don't, you don't see those types of hits. And I'm, I'm specifically talking about the uh, Andre Sessionikov hit on, um, on, on uh, Hampus Lindholm. Bud, what are you thinking there? Bro, like, to be fair, it, to be no, you can't be fair, bud. No, he hasn't played in the playoffs. Exactly, that's not exactly. Him. He's and been a duck. What? And you know what? That's that's <laughs> why I think I think from now on you're gonna see teams start to think differently about taking te- taking players from teams that have not had playoff experience because, dude, you gotta have your head up there. Um, same thing with with uh, he just admires his pass, and same thing with um, same thing with Ricard Raquel. Like admiring your dump in, like, are you fucking kidding me, bud? Like, come Again, on. He was a duck. Oh, God. I mean, um, <laughs> it's just, duck. it's just so interesting. Uh, anyway, um, n- nothing, no short of, uh, of, um, of drama. We've seen, we've seen goalies who can't even speak English join the, join the group of, uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes after they realized some uh, injuries. This, this series is tied to two. It's been very, very fun. Um, James, what do you make of this series and who do you, who do you have coming out? Well, initially I thought the Kansas were kind of just going to walk all over this team because the Bruins are older and the Kansas are younger and more explosive. But as I had said in the, in the Panthers capital series, it's all about playoff experience and that perfection line. That's no longer a line of, you know, pasta Marchand and uh, Bergeron mm-hmm. have played in a lot of playoff games. <laughs> and it's, it's not even funny, man. They, they walk in there like they own the place. And honestly, they do. It's just they shouldn't win. Like they, they're they shouldn't be able to compete with Carolina, but they are, and they've taken two games. And it's surprising because I, I wasn't even planning on watching the series, to be honest with you. I was like, oh yeah, Carolina and Bruins, cool. It is what it is. Like Carolina's gonna walk all over them. Five, six games max, right? And I thought it was gonna be an easy, easy series. But then I, I was at dinner on Saturday after work, and this game was on. And I watched the Bruins just absolutely demolish in the third. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. I look up the stats and I realized that, damn, they just tied the series up. The Bruins play different. When you have playoff experience and you have those three guys who are old as hell, except for Pasta. Pasta's not that old. But the uh, Marchand and uh, Bergeron are pretty old. Doesn't matter, man. Playoff experience, they know what to do. They know when to do it. They know how to avoid hits. And they know how to make the right hit at the right time. That's what matters right now. And the Bruins are just firing at all cylinders. It's crazy to see. Yeah, I mean, look, this is very similar. Tyler, this is a very similar situation where both both home teams have won both their home games. Um, right, I mean, obviously, Carolina has the home ice advantage. Do you think that's going to sustain? Or do you think Boston is going to find a way to take a game it on the road? Yeah, I think for me, this playoff, the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think, is about flipping narratives for a lot of teams. I, I believe that for the Toronto Maple Leafs and in, in, in making out of the first round, and I believe that for this Carolina Hurricanes team and being the Boston Bruins in a, in a playoff series. 
I think I mentioned it last week. The, the recently the Bruins have kind of been the uh, Hurricanes kryptonite in the, uh, in the in the postseason. And to James to James' point, Bruins are an extremely experienced hockey team. They know how to win the playoffs. The Hurricanes, man, I, I feel like they're going to figure out a way to win it. And, it. and it may come down to that. It may, may come down to, to, to home ice. They, they may win game five and game seven if, if, if that's how it's going to go. Either way, I do think uh, Carolina is going to win this series. I think I did pick them to win in seven originally. I, I, I still stick to it. Uh, but I, I definitely thought this was going to go distance because I knew Boston is they're, – they're sneaky. They're, they're, they're going to come in and they're going to, they're going to play very, very good hockey. It doesn't matter what the regular season holds. No matter, it doesn't matter if they're not the same juggernaut team that they were uh, in, in years past. They still got those core guys, you know, Marchand, Bergeron, that win hockey games, especially in the playoffs. They're very, very good, and, they're going to, and it's going to continue to be a great series. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. But I, like I said, I think that the narrative is going to flip, and I do think that the Hurricanes will come out of this in, in, in seven games. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, the, look, these two teams have had the lowest amount of high danger chances five on five through four games of any all of any of the playoffs. Yet the Hurricanes lead in goals per sixty on five on five. Um, I would just chalk that. Uh, you could chalk that up to bad goaltending or just dumb luck on their end. I don't know, but um, they've been pushing the they've been pushing the needle, and then now it's kind of flipped. Um, I have to think that the Hurricanes are 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 going to come out, but look, the 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 Boston Bruins are not going to make it easy on them, and um, I I do see this going seven, and the more game sevens the better. Um, so I see uh, Hurricanes in seven. James, who do you got? Hurricane six. Hurricane six. Okay, so you think they'll figure it out? All right, um, yeah. love that. Uh, moving on to to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins versus the New York Rangers. Wow, this series has been insane. We had a triple overtime in Game One, and then we've had just incredible shifts of of goal scoring from period to period. Like it's absolutely bonkers. In fact, right now it's six two after two um, in, uh, in in Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, yeah, in Pittsburgh, um, and absolutely insane. They scored like four goals in like no time. As I was watching this, I keep looking up goal, 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 goal. Like Jesus Christ. Um, it's, it's been an absolute crazy, uh, series. Shesterkin is looking vulnerable, but then we're also looking on the other side, um, where we had a goalie come in, in the triple overtime who had, who was not expecting to go in. He, he mentions that he, during intermissions ordered spicy pork and broccoli to eat and then gets brought into the game after that. You have to think, like, this is a James guy. Like, this is a James yeah, I love this dude. <laughs> love this guy. I've had spicy pork and broccoli the last two days because of this dude. Fucking Spirit Louis, animal. Louis Domingue, epic, absolutely epic. Um, James, I mean, look, Crosby is finding a way to drag this team into the fight and through this series. Um, as you mentioned, um, I, and right now it's, it's clear that it's 6-2, but we've seen fucking scores flip in this fucking series. So I don't even know if I can believe that that's going to be the end. Um, do the new, are you worried about the New York Rangers right now? I mean, if I was, if I initially went, was saying that the Rangers were going to win. Yeah, I would be worried, but no, I told y'all last week, don't bet against syndicate in the pens unless they're playing against the Islanders and they're playing against the Rangers. They're doing it, man. And you said the big swings and scoring. I've seen a three goal swing. Cool. This is a four goal swing with 20 minutes left because it's going to be the fourth in the third period. It's going to be really hard to overcome. Okay. Three goals. I get it. Four would sit the kid still firing with Malkin still firing. Yeah. Nah, bro. This game is over. Pans are going to go up three, one after 20, 30 minutes given intermission time. Like 
it, it is what it is. I would I be worried for the the Rangers? Yes, I would be. But then again, I didn't say they were going to win, so this is all just working in my favor here. Ooh, um, Tyler, how do you feel about the 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 New York Rangers right now? I mean, are, are you? I mean, right now, obviously they're they're slated to lose this game, so they're going to go down, and presumably they're. It, there's a 91% chance of, of teams in, in history that have um, that go on to win after going up three, one, do the Rangers have the ability to stop that and, uh, and, and for, at least force a game seven. I, they certainly have the ability to, I don't think they're gonna, I mean, I think, I think we mentioned Adam kicking myself because I, I, my gut wanted to pick the pens in this series. I, I didn't really have a reason. And my logic overrode my, my gut instinct. And I picked the Rangers to win. But now I'm obviously regretting it because there was something my gut was telling me and there was something going on with this Penn's team. I think that was going to win. Um, so I'm frustrated. That I didn't trust my gut. Um, but yeah, D- Doming, an amazing story coming in that triple overtime and helping the, the, the Penn's win that game. And he's doing a great job in, in, in that there. I mean, that, that's what playoffs are. Those stories that, that happen, like that's what it's all about. It's about guys stepping up and, and make like a guy that no one talks about stepping up and being the hero. That's what champions are made of right there. So that's a huge story. Uh, Shastirkin, the way he's playing, man, it's just, I guess, like, as you mentioned, he's vulnerable. He doesn't look like the guy that we, and I, I, I had, I had this moment last week. I mentioned it. I was like, we're going to see what happens because we've never really had playoff experience and things can happen. And we're seeing that right now. The, 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 the pens are making him look like just some average goaltender from, from somewhere, from nowhere, from no one's ever heard of. Uh, Dominguez blowing him out of the water, which is crazy because he's probably going to win the uh, Vesna or whatever the name of the yep. yeah, Vesna. Um, and he's, he's, he's looking like shit. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be, I'm extremely worried for the Rangers. I mean, they're losing six to two. It can happen. Like I said, series are crazy. You play seven games. Can the Rangers make it make push the game seven? Absolutely. They can. But the, what, what I'm seeing so far with the evidence that, that I've, I've seen, especially from Shastirkin, I'm not confident with that at all. I think the pens will win this in six. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised considering uh Shishirkin in the, in the last game of the regular season against the penguins waved to his countryman uh, Malkin in a, in a, in a matter of, of a little bit of cockiness and it clearly it's starting to bite him in the ass. Um, and, and, well, it's been biting him in the ass. It hasn't started. It's been here and there. Uh, I, I think the penguins are going to win this in uh, I think the penguins are going to close out next game, to be honest. I think the New York Rangers are, are now just folding. Um, I, th- I think that they're vulnerable. Um, it's been a great series. I hope I'm wrong because I, 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 I love game sevens, um, but I, I just think that it's over in, in, uh, in five. I, do, I really do. Uh, James, did you say who you had? I mean, I had the pen, but I had to do six. Yeah, well, we could go five. Five sounds good too. <laughs> five sounds good. <laughs> All right. So, so that would suggest, um, you know, the Penguins will be moving on. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that holds um, next next week. Uh, moving on to the West, we're not going to spend much time on this one. The Colorado Avalanche against the the Nashville Predators. I feel bad for the Predators. I really did. Um, James, you did mention that you think the the you thought the widest gap was between Florida and the Washington, or L.A. and uh, Edmonton. I would actually argue that it's been <laughs> Colorado and Nashville, especially because um, uh, um, Soros was out. And, you know, Connor Ingram in your second game, unfucking believable. I mean, 50 sa- uh, 48 saves, unfucking believable performance. But Kale McCarr has just been an absolute incredible hockey player once again, showing off that he can do it both in the regular season and, and in the playoffs. 
Um, guys, I'm going to keep this quick. Give me, give me your, uh, g- give me yes or no. Do, uh, do the predators even win a game? Yes. Tonight. It's going to have to be tonight. Oh, tonight. Oh, yeah. Tonight. They play, they play right, right. now. So they have to play yeah. tonight. Tyler. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go James. No, I mean, that's all I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I have them going to five games, man. It's just that there's going to be some physicality there and the Preds are known for their physicality. Maybe that maybe fate swings in their favor and give, gives Connor Ingram just his first playoff win of his young career. All right. I like that, Tyler. Nope. Bring out the brooms. Nope. Bring out the brooms. <laughs> All right. Moving on to uh, the Blues versus the Wild. Another series that has been just lo- very tight in terms of the series, but in terms of the games, not fucking tight at all. Um, Villa Huso comes in um, game one, absolutely shuts the door. Uh, and, and the Blues look fucking good. It, they chased fans out of the building in Minnesota. I, it's something I would never thought would have ever happened because Minnesota fans are ridiculously um, crazy about hockey. Um, and then turns around Villa Huso completely shits the bed in the next two games. Um, and the Minnesota wild go up to one last game. Um, Jordan Bennington drew the, uh, drew the net and did shut the door. And sure enough, the, the blues looked very, very good and tied the series. Um, this isn't, I, I, as I mentioned, this was one of my most intriguing, um, intriguing matchups. Uh, the Minnesota wild are, you know, they're, I'm sorry. They're going to be going back home um, in game five. I would presume that Jordan Bennington is going to get the net. Of course, um, Kirill Kaprizov, six points in four games looking pretty good. But on the other side, David Perron, seven points in four games. Unfucking believable. David Perron. I love David Perron. He's a, he's, he's a, he's the type of guy that you, he's a, he's the playoff type of player, right? He's he, um, there's two types of players in, in, in the NHL. In my opinion, there's, there's players that get you there and there's players that get you through. Players that get you there are the players that, you know, your regular season guys, um, you know, your Mitch, Mitch Marner, Jay Willen, Nylanders, but the players that get you through are guys that David Perron. You don't really need him for the regular season, but in the playoffs, he's absolutely needed. And uh, Jordan Cairo, unbelievable fucking goal. Unbelievable fucking goal. Uh, uh, Jordan Cairo, you, you're, you're having a great series so far. Tyler, this is this, is this going the distance, man? As, as much as I feel, I feel like it's going the distance. How do you feel about this one? It's got to, man. I mean, we talked about it. We, we all thought that it was going to. It was one of the hardest series to predict in the first round. The, the series has been absolutely crazy, un, un, unpredictable. I mean, it, I don't see any evidence to suggest that this is not going to go seven games. And I don't know who's going to win it. It's a coin flip. I, 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 I really don't know. Um, I, I think I, I, I picked the Blues to win it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. But I'm, I have no idea if that's going to happen. Could be either one. But it's been awesome. So who would you pick right now? I'm going to stick with the Blues. I think the Blues will pull it out. Blues in seven? Yeah, Blues in seven. Blues in seven. T- James, you kind of were on the on the wild bandwagon. Kirill Kaprizov, he he cr- currently is not the best player in the in – the, uh, He the, does have five goals. Yeah, he has five goals, but he has six points compared to David Perron's seven. Just saying. Um, yeah. uh, although I, I do I do put – you know, goals are, are, are worth more than – David Perron also has five goals, goals too. So, so. <laughs> 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 Um, in terms of average time on ice, uh, Kirill Kaprizov is on the ice more, so you can give him that. Um, but the story has kind of been Villa Huso. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I said Villa Huso was gonna was gonna shut the door, and he actually did. He and then after that, you you had mentioned that in game two, he 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 popped he, it right he, back open. He opened the door, and I was like, okay, dude, calm down. He he got a shutout last game, and then I ate my words. I ate crow, as I said um, in game three. <laughs> Um, you put in Jordan Bennington and and last game, or I guess uh, this would have been yesterday. Jordan Bennington looked like the Jordan Bennington we saw in 2017. 
Um, what are your thoughts about the wild here? Uh, uh, I'm sorry about the St. Louis blues. Do you think that, um, you know, Jordan Bennington is going to take him to the, take him through, or are you still on the, on the wild bandwagon? Correct me if I'm wrong, but Bennington was the goalie for the Stanley cup win, right? Yes, he was playoff Bennington. That needs a better name. That didn't sound right, but you know what I mean? Playoff Bennington. Uh, that just sounds odd. His name is way too damn long. Cut your name down real fast, bro. Playoff Benner. Playoff Benny. I like that. Playoff Benny. He's he's a real thing, guys. He's a real thing. He he steps his game up. And it's going to be really tough for Mr. Bile Huso to get his job back if there is another great showing by this guy. Because he's won it in the past, being who he is. If he does it again, it's, it's hard to take him off the ice. On the flip side of this, Fleury has played every single game this, so far this series. And knowing his age and knowing his history in years past, he's always had somebody in there to spell him every couple of games in the playoffs. Uh, when he was with the Knights, it was Leonard. He's not an everyday goalie like he used to be. Mm-hmm. And good thing for the, the Wilds, they got Cam Talbot, who was yep. really good. Tonight needs to be – not tonight, but the next game needs to be a time where Flurry takes a little step back, lets Cam Talbot take the net, give himself a little time to regenerate, recuperate – because he's a little older. So, I mean, the next the two days after, I had enough for him. A little bit more rest, put in Cam Talbot. This will be a little bit more competitive. That being said, I still think the Wild are a little bit more explosive right now. And the goals aren't there to show it. But I still believe in Kirill Kaprizov. And I believe in Fleury's leadership right now. It'll take seven games, yeah. But I'm still sticking with the Wild. Interesting. Uh, that, that, that's, I, lo- I love to hear that. Um, look, I was actually shocked that Marc-Andre Fleury played game one considering Cam Talbot was unfucking believable going down the stretch. And, and Marc-Andre Fleury, guys, is a bullpen goalie. Like, he's a goalie that comes in and fucking lights it up. So that's why I was kind of shocked. But they stuck with him, and he, you know, he, he played a good game three and four. Or I'm sorry, uh, two and three. Um, game four is a little bit different. I think that um, I do think that Talbot needs to take the net. Although if I'm Talbot, I, I'm a little bit peeved, especially because I fucking I played incredible to get you to get you um, home ice advantage, and then you're just gonna have me sit. It, it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. So far, I mean, obviously he hasn't played, so I don't know how how he's gonna handle it. Hopefully, he actually just uses that as motivation. Um, Jordan Bennington is not losing the net. However, Villahuso is a good goalie. And I do believe that if Bennington then has a bad game, you could co- you could go back to Villahuso and you could have a nice tandem there. Um, I have the Blues in seven still. Um, I just believe in this team. I believe that they are deep. Um, they are. I believe they are deeper. Um, but this is a very fun series, and I and I look forward to it. The only problem I have is that they play at the same time as the as the Oilers and the Kings, which pisses me off. Never yesterday. Uh, you're right. They didn't yesterday, but Sunday they're able to really stretch it out because no one fucking works on Sundays, um, except <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <did. laughs> moving on, moving. Uh, I so uh, yeah, I I mentioned Blues and Seven. Uh, moving on to the next series that I think is fucking unbelievable. The Dallas Stars are leading the Calgary Flames two to one, guys. Two to fucking one, and I, if I'm not mistaken. The Calgary Flames have scored a whopping four goals in four in uh, in three games. Um, yeah, p- absolutely pitiful. They got uh, they got blanked in one game. Uh, just and they and they won and they won one zero in the first game. First of all, this is the most boring fucking series um, <laughs> so far. Last game actually yesterday was pretty good. I'm sorry, two days ago was pretty good. We'll see how today goes. Um, but holy fucking shit! First of all. Johnny Hockey, 
you're you're living up to your you're living up to your uh to your mantra you are trash in the playoffs bud and that is exactly why i I always wondered why my grandfather well first of all my grandfather is a huge Oilers fan but he always scrunched his nose when he heard about johnny hockey because in medicine hat where they live it's all about johnny hockey and how amazing he is he's absolute shit in the playoffs and it just should be a maple leaf um and for for some reason matthew kachuk feels like he needs to fight everything that moves bud I, I understand. I love the passion. Fuck you need guy. to fucking score because no one else can fucking score. And you know what? I have I, this guys. I have to say I'm, 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 I'm torn on this one because so much of me wants to play the, the, to see an Edmonton Oilers, uh, 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 flames matchup. I think that is amazing for hockey. It hasn't happened since 1982. Um, uh, I'm sorry, 92. It would be absolutely unbelievable. And I, it, it, it needs to happen again, especially in my lifetime. However, I fucking hate them. So I don't really care if they, if they got completely throttled Um, James, Holy shit. Pavelski is turning back the clock. Joe Pavelski. And, and you know what I'm going to say, I'm, and I've, I said this the minute they did the sharks fucked up by getting rid of Joe Pavelski. They fucked it up and they, they have never, and they, they are still reeling from that, but Holy shit. He's looking good. Can Dallas do this? Before I answer that question, let me tell you all a little story. This story happened about two years ago in the bubble when the NHL started playing again and the Dallas stars became my crush. (laughs) I followed that team for a very long time during that bubble playoffs. Let's be real. I was very much on this team. It was a great team to watch. I hadn't watched hockey for a very long time. In fact, I haven't watched any sport for a very long time. And hockey was the first sport to really be back on. And I was like, let's put all of this in all my time and energy into hockey and I covered the Dallas Stars for I don't know why, but I did. And damn, I forgot how this team always decides to turn it on during playoffs. Just what they do. A lot like the Bruins of this season. It's just what they do. Does the Dallas Stars team have as much experience as the Bruins? No. But Joe Pavelski does. And Andre's playing out of his fucking mind. He really is. My guy. Not 0.92, 0.51, and a 1.0 save percentage. This dude is insane. He's shutting down one of the most lethal offenses in the league by himself because the Dallas Stars don't have a great defense. They have Miro Heiskin in, and then that's it. Ottinger is just killing it, man. This, this guy is going to be good for a long time if he manages to turn it on in the regular season too, not like Jordan Biddington did. If he's consistent about that, we're good. This Dallas Stars will be decent for a while. Joe Pelosi is getting pretty old, but again, playoff experience plays dividends. And um, I was talking shit about Tyler Sagan, but I was looking back at his stats and I was also listening to Spitting Chickens. The last 40 games of the regular season, Tyler Sagan's kind of been t- turning it back on, turning back at the clock a tiny little bit. And that's all that the Stars teams needed. They just needed another, like a third, fourth on center to hop in right now and do his thing to make sure that the game flows. And that's what he's doing. So props to him. Uh, Jason Robertson doesn't have a goal yet, but he's facilitating the hell out of the puck. Like <laughs> this team is boring to watch. Yes but that doesn't matter. So are the Islanders before they got rid of Barry Trotz. The Islanders are boring too, yet they made, they made it happen. This Stars team can make it happen if they continue relying on the goaltending of Ottinger and Pavelski and everybody else just cycling the puck. Keep it going. Do your thing. Yeah, uh, Tyler, six guys on the Calgary Flames have points. Six. Um, three of them have two. Um, one of And Matthew Kachuk has two assists. Johnny Gaudreau has two assists. The only guys who have scored is Elias Lindholm and uh, Trevor Lewis. Um, your guy, your, 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 your former King to Foley 
non-existent. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, wide open, wide open breakaway, misses the net. These guys are fucking, these guys are, I don't know what's happening. Um, and I have to ask you, Tyler, I mean, how are we feeling about this? Team? <laughs> like, I mean, and, you know, are we going to see a lot of these guys come back if, if the crazy happens, like the crazy thing happens and Dallas actually pulls us off? Coming back next season, you mean, or coming back yeah. in the series? Um, Is money gone? I'd be t- I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think so. Um, I, I think they're going to, they're going to keep building there in Calgary. So I, I don't, just because this is really their, their, the foot, the first playoff push they've really had with this group. Um, it's a, one that they've, they've really felt confident in. Um, so I don't think they're going to blow it up that quickly. Um, if, if they lose, obviously it's a bad look and it's obviously not expected. Um, the, I mean, the Dallas stars are beating them at their own game, basically. I mean, they're doing a fantastic job. Um, you're right. It is boring to watch, but I mean, Calgary's all about that defense, shut it down. Um, and Dallas is doing that right back to them. Um, but you would think that Dallas or, the, or that Calgary would have more offensive firepower um, and it's just non-existent. Um, so I think, I think you got to give all the credit to Dallas in this series so far. I mean, yeah, Calgary's got to, got to step up. They, 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 they got to play better, but um, right now, again, it could be one of those things. It's just, it's not looking great. Series can flip. It, 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 it can happen, but I mean, it, it's pretty embarrassing, the lack of scoring. Like we, we talked about the Panthers' lack of scoring, but this is even worse. I mean, this is this – is, there's nothing happening. It's, it's, it's dead there in Calgary. The, the, the flame is a tiny little candle that's on its last little wick, and it's just trying to barely stay alive. So they got to figure something out. Yeah. Guys, Calgary's top eight forwards combined for 216 goals in the regular season, and they have two. In these three playoff games, um, Jacob Markstrom has allowed four goals, has only allowed four goals in three games. And James and Tyler, we've had this conversation, and this is exactly why I think we agree defense does not win championships necessarily. You have to have offense, you have to fucking score. And and you know what? The the Dallas Stars are just scoring enough and then they're shutting it down. And I always was worried about that, but the flames are not pushing the envelope, and all instead, they're too busy with the extracurriculars, the scrums, the fights. And John Klingberg is fighting everybody who, who moves because he can. And he's, and he's dragging Matthew Kachuk off the ice, sitting him for two minutes to five minutes. That's where he, that's, that's the worst place for him to be. He needs to actually score. Like that's what they, that's what they pay him to do. I know that he he's, he's a nasty ass motherfucker, but you need to fucking score because no one else can. Um, like Jesus. <laughs> Like, holy shit. The, fl- the forwards are on the side of a milk carton at this point. They're missing. <laughs> they, they can't fucking find them. And, and uh, you know, it, it's a joke. It's a fucking joke. Um, and it's sad because I really, you know, well, now we're getting into the next series. Oh, first of all, Ty- James, who wins the series? Oh, man. I just, uh, stars. I'm going to go with Stars and Six. Stars and Six. I'm with you. Tyler, where are you at? Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm going to go Flames and Seven. Something, flames and Seven. Don't Here, figure it out. Hockey is hoping for that, kind of. All right. The moment we've all been waiting for. <clears throat> Way to crack his neck. Okay. The Oilers versus the Kings. The Oilers come out – or I'm sorry. The Kings come out and put up a great fight um, in, in Edmonton, and uh, Mike Smith gave a pizza, like Domino's fucking delivery pizza in the middle, in the middle of the ice to, to pretty much – ice the game for the Oilers and he took it on himself and he came back with a fucking vengeance and he has not looked back the last three games. Um, the two games, two and three, Tyler, I think we combined for like 14 or 16 goals. No, 14, uh, 14 or 16. Too many. It's 14 to two. 
14 to two. Um, and I was there for the, for the, um, eight to two drumming. It was, you got actually half of everybody on the lower bowl left after a game, after the fifth goal. <laughs> like, I would have um, too. And it, it, wow. it was Terrible pretty, fans. it was pretty insane. Uh, no, I mean, it, I mean, it was, it just got worse after that. <laughs> and then, and then game four happened. And unfortunately, ju- just like the entire fan base, including me, drank the Kool-Aid of the Edmonton Oilers after an 8-2 win and it followed uh, after following a 6-0 win. We drank the Kool-Aid and thought, wow, this might be the chance. And you know what's sad is the team drank their own fucking Kool-Aid. You're supposed to make the Kool-Aid. You're supposed to actually do something. Instead, they, they come back to L.A. They took a day off for whatever fucking reason. Like, take Saturday off in L.A. Why? Like, go do practice. Fucking, you won 8-2. What more? You don't need to, you didn't do fucking shit. And at, let me ask you guys something. What is the difference between winning 8-2 and winning 1 or 2-1? to one? Tyler, what's the difference in the playoffs? Nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. Zero. And instead, the L.A., the, 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 uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers come, come back into L.A., and the LA Kings specifically quick puts up an amazing, amazing performance. And the, the blue line of the Edmund, of the Edmonton Oilers, the, 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 the ability for, for your, for the, for the LA Kings to enter into the, the zone of the Edmonton Oilers. It was like, it, it was like, um, it was like open season. It was like, why don't you come into our zone? Why don't you just enjoy the offensive zone? No checking, no for checking. It was pathetic. The Edmonton Oilers are once again showing that they are fragile, that they are, that they are, they are, they can't fit their heads through the door. And you know what? If I was a betting man, I would bet that the, that the LA Kings are going to win the series. And I say that because I don't know what, what Edmonton Oilers are going to come in next game. How I will say this Woodcroft in the Woodcroft era, it game after a bad loss like that has been great for the Edmonton Oilers so far, but we've seen, we've seen things change. We've seen things change in the playoffs. Players play differently. And the, and the LA Kings are playing the exact fucking game that the, that the Edmonton Oilers, uh, or I'm sorry, that the Edmonton Oilers used to play against the Chicago Blackhawks, against the, the Winnipeg Jets last year. They're getting beat. They are, they, and then to, to make matters worse, they're not hitting when there's playing, but instead they're dealing with the fucking bullshit scrums in the, at the end of the game because they're frustrated they can't fucking score. Well, guess what? If you actually used your uh, your physicality in the in the in the flow of the game, maybe you would actually have a chance to win. No, instead you're gonna wait until the whistle and face wash people and fucking do all this crazy stupid bullshit. It's it was pathetic. Tyler, you have to be on cloud nine. Your team looks resilient. You guys look. You have nothing to lose. You guys are looking fantastic. Jonathan Quick is incredible, except for game two and three and for him to come back like that and and absolutely shut the door just proves that momentum doesn't exist game to game it doesn't exist it doesn't and tyler how are you feeling right now you're right right now i feel much better than i was after game three um but this series has been so up and down as you mentioned um i you know game one come i love the way we played in game one loved it we were coming out we came out firing Listen, both of these teams are mental as fuck, okay? Like, both of these teams just are just going through some shit. You know, I think the Oilers came out flat, which is crazy because you're, you're playing in front of your home crowd. It's, it's, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the Kings just absolutely just 
ran it right down their dick in, in game one. And it was great. <laughs> right. Then we come down in game two and the Kings are like, oh shit, maybe we have a chance to win. And then we can't put up a, a fucking goal. We get ob- obliterated in uh, game two, six, nothing. Then we come back home and the same shit. We, I mean, I think, I think the Oilers, I think they scored 11 unanswered goals between games two and three. I mean, that's just, un- that's flat out unacceptable. And I, I was texting the group chat. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, this is bullshit. This is like not acceptable. Like figure it out, make an adjustment, do something. Like I understand like one game, six, nothing, it happens, right? Everyone has a bad game, but to come back again and to be down five, nothing. And to not answer for 11 straight goals in the Stanley cup playoffs. I understand the Oilers are there. Yeah. They're a much more talented team than we are, but we're a great defensive team. There is no, that's not acceptable, but then they come back in game four and they responded. And that, to me, is a huge sign of a team that's making some huge steps forward and being champions. That, that, that is what champions are about. You, 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 you get knocked in the teeth twice, back-to-back games, and you come back and you, and you respond with a shutout win. Huge. So, yeah, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the way this, this Kings team is responding. Um, but you, we, we can't go through lulls like that where we have 11 un, unanswered goals against this Edmonton Oilers team, especially when the – Two of the next three games are going to be in 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 in, in Edmonton in, in front of their home home fan base that is that is that is hungry hungry for a uh, series win here. So hopefully we figured it out. Obviously right now I'm feeling a lot better than I did after Game Three. Series tied two two. Anything can happen. We've we, we've won in Edmonton already, so I feel confident confident that we can do it. But goddamn, I mean it's hard because I yeah I feel confident right now just because of what happened last night. I feel good, but I also at the same time don't feel confident because. I don't think I've ever seen just a lapse of, 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 of competitiveness from a team. Like how do you give up 11 unanswered goals? Like that's, that's awful. So that's sticking in my mind right now too, as we enter game five. So um, yeah, right now I feel good, but I also am, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic right now with the Kings, but I, I am super proud of the way they respond in game four. That, 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 that is huge. James, what do the, what do each team have to do? What are the keys to each team to, uh, to move on in this best of three? I think for the Oilers, just continue playing and play hard every single second you can. There's a lot of times you take some plays off, but you, you all took an entire game off. You can't, that can't happen. Not in the regular season and definitely not in the playoffs. Stick to what you're good at. Y'all can move. You can cycle the puck really well and find the opening open guy. And more often than not, it's try sidle in that corner, and he just snipes that motherfucker in. Keep doing that. Y'all didn't try that one time last game. What's up with that? I, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, for the Kings, <laughs> keep relying on Jonathan Quick and hope to God that he plays the way he just did. He played out of his mind on Game Four. The motherfucker lost his glove and still made two more saves. He went for the same without the with his head. He's a maniac. He's He's a psychopath. But that you know what? That's what you need in a goalie. He had a shit game two and three. You know what? He came right back out there and was like, it don't matter. I got this. This is the kind of guy who's been through the ringer. He's won Sandy Cups. Like he he knows what it takes, and that's what allows him to do what he does. If he continues to play at that high level, which we all know he can, the Oilers are in trouble. But the thing is, John the Quick's older. It's hard for him to sustain that level of play for a long period of time. And that's when the Oilers come into play, get more shots on net. One's going to bounce off, and you're going to get a little rebound, a little tap in. 
that's how it's going to happen. The Oilers are going to win this series. But like I said before, the Oilers love to give trading heart problems. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, Mike Smith, you're not the problem, bud. You, oh, Mike Smith had a point nine three three, bro. You are you are playing you are playing better than I could have expected. Um, and it's just a team in front of you that that is that is failing you. Um, Evander Kane, I don't have any issue with. Evander Kane is looking so good, um, and he's the type of player that gets you through. But um, guy, I, look, in, in, in a week, it, it could be really bad, and I might have to take the pot off <laughs> if shit goes bad. Dude, um, you, you know, the, you know, game seven is uh, the day of the wedding of Alex and Ashley's wedding. Yeah, I know. I know. I hope, I hope we don't have to deal with that. <laughs> um, I, was, I, was, I was hoping that we wouldn't even be coming back to here. No offense to us. I didn't want to come, even come back to LA. I, I didn't like, think we were. I don't think we were either. No it's one gonna did. Be a sixer. It's going to be a sixer, dude. Um, so, so, be seven. so we'll see. Um, it's the best of three now, but look, the, the Oilers are fragile. And unless, unless they prove otherwise, just like the Toronto Maple Leafs, there's, they're just as fragile as they'll ever be. Um, play your game. That's all I have to say. Um, and with that, sorry it was so long. There's so many series, um, but I appreciate you guys sticking with us. Um, that's it for hockey. We'll see uh, next week. We're going to find out who's playing who in the next round. Um, we might even be a game or two into the next round, depending on how it all shakes out. If we go to game sevens, probably not. We might be, we might be actually being able to, uh, to uh, preview the full series. So um, it was very fun so far. We'll see how next this week goes. Um, I'm shaking in my boots. I'm not going to lie, everybody. I thought there was going to be a lot more emotion there than the one there was. It was uh, relatively tame for trading. I've seen trading yell and cuss and maybe shed a tear. Yeah, Today, it kind of let not it that bad. out. Yeah, I think I'm disappointed. Yeah, just I think the fans are disappointed. Yeah, it is what it is. Nonetheless, it was a great, great segment. Trading. Good job. Thanks. Great playoff series, except for the, you know, the Preds Colorado one, but we'll talk about that. We won't talk about that. It's going to be over relatively soon. Uh, that being said, we're going to take another quick break, but when we return, we got the other sport that's on that is not in the playoffs and that is baseball with your boy, Tyler. Be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I don't know if you guys know. You guys don't know because you're going to be – you will know. But the Capitals are now winning by one goal, and there's four Three minutes, minutes left. left. Three minutes left. So it's, it's not looking good for your boy, James. Mm. Doesn't matter, though. We're talking President's about baseball with Tyler. Curse. It's you're a thing. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> guys, this is the baseball segment. Tyler, it's all you got. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, let's talk about some baseball, guys. Uh, some weird shit happened, guys, uh, in baseball this week. We're going to get right into the – just – what the fuck? Uh, Madison Bumgarner oh uh, got ejected by umpire uh, Dan Bellino. And when I got the notification on my phone that Madison Bumgarner got ejected in the first inning for, for arguing, I was like, of course he did. That sounds like a, that's a total Madison Bumgarner thing. And I thought I completely, my mind was like, oh, what did he do this time? Like he was yep. just being, being himself. Madison Bumgarner can, you know, be a little short with people. He can be a little bit of, of an asshole as, 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 as is portrayed. Um, but then I watched it and someone sent me, sent me the, uh, the, the, the Twitter video of it. And I was very uncomfortable 
with what went down. And I don't blame Madison Bumgarner one bit. This is the first time I'm ever on Madison Bumgarner's side, ever. And, and ever since he's been in Major League Baseball, I'm, I'm always anti-Madison Bumgarner. This one, I'm, I'm on his side. This was, this was just a really weird incident. So if you guys have not seen the video, please go on YouTube and, and check it out because you, you just have to see it to believe it. But I'm going to just, just describe it for you via podcast media version. I'm going to paint a picture, a word picture of you what happened. So Madison Bumgarner was making his start in the first inning in Miami. Um, as, as is per normal, umpires will check after every inning the, 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 the pitcher's hands for any sticky stuff. It's, it's, it's been this crackdown that's been going on for, for, for a couple of years now. Uh, Madison Bumgarner during the inning had a couple of calls that he didn't agree with. So he was arguing with the home plate umpire during that inning and had a few choice words happen. That's what Madison Bumgarner does. He talks a lot of shit. Okay. That's, that's normal Madison Bumgarner behavior. All right. So anyway, inning's over. He walks off. He, he goes back to the dugout. Uh, Dan Bellino, who was, I believe the first base umpire, uh, um, went over to check his hand. And what happened next was just so weird. Instead of he, he just grabs his hand and slowly caresses his hand. And it's just literally staring into the soul of Madison Bumgarner. And Bumgarner is looking down at his hand, making sure that, you know, he's checking whatever. And eventually Bumgarner just kind of figures out what's going on. And he can just physically feel the eyeballs beaming into his soul and looks up at him, staring at him. And basically just said, what the fuck are you looking at? You know, and uh, nothing happened, you know, and, uh, you know, it just kind of escalated from there. Words were exchanged, and Dan Bellino decided to toss Madison Bumgarner around the game, and then got real heated. Madison Bumgarner had to be held back, basically saying like, "I'll fuck you up," and and Bellino being like, "Sure you will." And Bumgarner, that made Bumgarner more angry because Bumgarner would fuck him up, guarantee, guarantee you he would. Um, so <laughs> it, farm it, boy, dude. Oh yeah, don't he 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 will fuck you. He got up. some farm strength. I mean, those freaking Madison Bumgarner, Yasiel Puig things that happened back in the day, those were phenomenal. I'm really sad those 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 days are over. But um, really weird, awkward behavior from the umpire Dan Bellino. He has since apologized and was disciplined by the league. He was fined whatever amount, some undisclosed amount for his actions. Uh, he describes his actions as you know, he, you know, it was against his character. It doesn't live up to his standards that he set for himself. Blah blah blah. Just weird. So again, like you, kind of, it's one of those things you have to kind of see it to believe it. Um, but trading, like, what the fuck? Going, what's up with this shit? Like, what the hell? Yeah. So I t- I texted you guys before this podcast, and I'm going to become unhinged. This is this fuck this fucking why? This is why I'm unhinged. <laughs> like, dude, why is it that especially in the MLB, but it's happening across every fucking sport right now? That the refs have to make it about themselves. It's the fucking worst thing I have ever seen. And, it, and Tyler, unfortunately, it happens most in MLB because of the because of the pitching and stuff. But you're seeing it in every sport now. And it's so embarrassing that they have to be so all about themselves. And this is just another incident. Yeah, Bumgarner did did uh, did you know have an issue with the p- pitching. So does every other pitcher. It's not a big deal. But to to hold a hand like that and stare into the soul of Madison Bumgarner like that was the most bizarre, weird thing I've ever seen. And it's like, and it's just kind of an abuse of power in a sense. And, and it's kind of being overlooked a little bit. Like this is actually something that is a problem. I think like, like it just is, it's not acceptable. It's, it's very, very odd and very, very weird. Um, You know, the, the the calls were bad, whatever, but, but to, to, to do that is just, it's just, it's gross. It was actually kind of gross and, and disgusting. 
Um, and, and it, and Dan Bellino, it's all, it's again, it's all about him and he has to make a scene. The best refs are the ones you don't see in this and this, and they're just making sure that the players are safe and that the game is played fairly. That's their job. Their job is not to be the center of attention. That's the players. I don't pay to see fucking, um, a, a guy holding another guy's hand and staring to his hole. If I want to do that, I go to a movie. Okay. I don't need to see that on a, on a baseball field. I don't need to see that on a baseball field. So it, it was, it was, it was actually disturbing and it just pissed me off. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I mean, obviously can you imagine being messed in that situation? Like how the, how the, how, how the hell do you stay calm, James? Like if that happened to you, I mean, you got to feel like, how would you react in that situation? Um, I'd look lovingly back into the umpire's eyes and make him uncomfortable too. Yeah, just give him a little, a, a little kiss. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're just going to have a staring contest right here, right now. Loser gets to be hit first. Either way, there's gonna be punches thrown. Yeah. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, there's nothing much else to say here. Like it, it's weird, very weird. Like I don't. Uh. What do you? What do you want me to talk? Like, yeah, the ump was in the wrong. We all clearly know that. There's like no argument for the other way. What's an umpire gonna say? Like, yeah, always look lovingly and stare into his soul. That's what you gotta do. Yeah, no, bro, that ain't part of the handbook. It's, so, it's, it's the handbook. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on my own without um, even thinking. <laughs> un- unintended. Uh, so Dan Bellino was fine. James, do you think he should have got suspended for something like this? No. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, he made, he was weird, right? But if it like happened again, then yeah, I could see that. that it's not really a multiple offensive thing. Yeah. Unless it has been. I don't know this guy's history. Yeah. I don't pay attention to umpires. I don't know when they, do their thing if he had done this before i'd be like oh yeah for sure but i think a final will suffice for the time being yeah i agree weird just it's freaking weird again please go watch the video do yourself a favor it's 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 just one of those things i've never seen it before i've never seen it like that so uh and that's what's that's what's beauty about sports it's sometimes you just see shit you've never never seen before we've been doing sports for a long time and you, you still you still see new things uh so moving on let's talk about some 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 good things uh, the New York Mets, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they're playing some phenomenal baseball right now. And last week, it, it, it really proved that this Mets team maybe has a little bit something different in years past. Um, they were losing 7-1 to one in the ninth inning at Philadelphia on Thursday night. They scored eight runs in the ninth inning and won the game 9-7. to seven. The last time the Mets won a game trailing six or more runs in the, in, in the ninth inning, never. it's never happened. Never. They were 0-330. <laughs> Oh, and 330 tra- trailing by six more, more runs in the ninth inning. So we talked about this Mets team They're They were coming in favor to be one of the best teams in the league, but we've seen the story before the Mets have been favored to be one of the best teams and they just find a way to lose. It's still very early in this baseball season. We're in mid May. I mean, we're not even a third. We're almost a third of the way there. Like not even really that close to a third of the way there, you know, given the whole scope of Mets team, how you feel, does this come back? give you belief in the scene that this is, this is different this year. There's something here to, 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 to bet on this team actually. And, 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 and what I mean by believe is not just like having a good first half of the season, not just scraping by and really make the playoffs, like true world series contending type of deal where you believe this team can go the distance. James, does this, does this comeback really solidify that for you? Or is it still too early? It definitely solidifies it for me. Like when you had talked about previews before the season, you were like, did the Mets add enough to compete with the Braves? And I was like, absolutely they did. 
not only did they redo their entire starting rotation, they added some key guys in the outfield too and in the infield. Starling Marte has been lights out. Mark Canna has been lights out. Still got the polar bear out there doing his thing, and Lindor has been great since he was acquired last season. This team has all the pieces to make it happen. This team had every opportunity to just lay down after losing by so much and being down in the ninth inning. They had every opportunity to be like, all right, let's move on to the next one. This one don't matter anyway. It's just one game. That is a losing mentality. What they did, though, they came in there and were like, we're going to battle. We're going to make sure we do our best to win this game. That's a mentality you see winners have. And so far, this team is dominating. They're a top two, top three team. I mean, it's right now it's like you can put them in any order, but the top three teams are going to be the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Mets. Those are the top three teams, and you can't even argue that. It's, it's, it's hard to – this team is just going to continue building upon what they have. It is a relatively new group that's together, and as I mentioned before, in a long, long season, it's all about uh, camaraderie and playing for your teammates, and they're doing just that. Like the amount of brawls that Traden hates so much when uh, players get thrown at their heads, this team is all coming out there. And it was like week one. Like they're a close-knit group. I have all the belief in this team, man. I had them coming out of their division, and I still do. And after this win, I have them without a doubt in my mind coming out on top. Love it. Traden, you mentioned last week that you, you're, kind of, you're kind of on this Mets, Mets, Mets bad wagon here. Um, and this was before this crazy comeback happening. So, I mean, are you, are you, are you full in on the Mets this year or no? Yeah. Jersey's in the, in the mail. Um, I'll be wearing it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, for sure. I mean, look, you know, what's most, I mean, the, the, the comeback is incredible. It really is. But let's look at some other stats about their entire start here. They've had most of their games. Obviously you play most of your games against your division, but um, they played almost 24% of their, um, of their games. Well, a little bit more than that on the, um, from the divisional rivals. And they, at least until this article, which was actually, so today, so I got, this is, this is up to date. Um, they've won 11 of 17 of their, of their divisional games. La- last season, they went 39 for 37. Like they, they were pretty much 500 baseball against their division and they're de- dominating their division right now. And they continue to do that. They're coming back from crazy deficits. They're, they're, they're galvanizing. And I know I talk about the scrums, but that does mean a lot when the whole team is, is galvanized like that. And look, this team, this team's got it, man. This team's got enough of the pieces there and they're, and they're coming together at the right time. Um, their bats are hot. Um, the pitching is solid enough. Um, and, and they're just built different as they say. Um, and I just think that we are in for a Mets season. This isn't a fluke this time. This isn't a, oh, I've seen this movie before. Um, this isn't, this isn't uh, the Oilers in the playoffs in the first round. This, you know, where we think they're going to be good and they're not. No, this is the Mets. They're going all the way. Um, um, and I think that they have the division. They will have the division locked up before, um, before the end of the season. What's crazy is Jacob deGrom. Is not He's not there right. yet. He's not even there yet. That's what's even crazier. Uh, they don't have their best player playing right now. Um, so that, that is, it's crazy. The, I, I agree with you guys. I think, I think there is something different about this Mets team. It's not just a hot start. It's not just an overhyped team. I think this New York Mets team is legit. I, I, I think they're going to be great. I think it's going to be them and the Dodgers and the NLCS. Um, I think it's going to be super fun to watch. Um, the, the, the New York Mets come to Dodger Stadium first weekend in June. Best believe I'm going to try and get tickets to 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 watch that series. Um, I think that's going to be a true test to see where both of these teams are at. Sure. Um, so 
so it should be super fun to watch. So keep your eye on the Mets, guys. Um, I mean, they've been number two in my rankings for most of the season. Uh, stick out for my rankings this week. I'm not going to spoil that right here on the podcast, but uh, either you already read it or you're going to read it. So figure it out. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to kind of the opposite shit, uh, almost like trading is one bad, one good. Uh, we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, it's not it's not going well in Cincy. And we mentioned that kind of pre-game, preseason, how – they traded away a lot of their players. We, it's not like we expected this Reds team to be good, but they're losing a lot of games, like at a historically bad pace. Um, they are currently, as we sit here on Monday, 5-23. and 23. I'll say it again. They're 5-23. and 23. Not a typo. That is on a pace to lose over 130 games, which <laughs> is awful. Um, that's, gonna, that's like record – setting kind of awful like one of the worst teams to ever 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 grace the grace the field um we, we're, we're already seeing the uh the the bags over the heads at um there at there at great american ballpark um it's pretty embarrassing it's 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 pretty bad there in 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 in, in cincy um it's one of those things that it's sad to watch but it's almost so bad that it's entertaining um so james what do you got like so currently they're you know we'll we'll set the i'm gonna set the over under at 120 just to be a little more gracious okay because you know it's it's a bad start but let's do 120 i don't think that the rate is going to be a bad but 120 is still really really bad so cincinnati reds this year over under 120 losses on the season i think it might be like maybe 115 not quite 120 uh they it's really hard to lose that many games like you i think you legitimately have to try to lose that many games and the thing is, they just won their first series of the season, guys. It was against the Pirates, but they won their hey. first series of the season. Hey. So congrats to them. Uh, <laughs> that Puzzle that being the one good thing, it, it's, it sucks. The Reds are terrible. They should have traded away Joey Bottom while they had the chance. Uh, why would you keep them? I don't, I don't understand. And I said that before. But I, the reason why I think it would be 115, not necessarily 120 losses, is that this is pretty much a minor league team at this point. And these minor league players are working and trying to show out and get themselves big contracts. So they're going to be trying their hardest. They may not be getting there right now, right this second, but eventually something's going to click and somebody's going to shine. That'll deliver a couple wins here and there. That's all you can ask for. It's 162 game season. You're going to get a couple wins here and there. You're not going to lose every single game from this point forward. That's just not how life works. Sometimes the ball will go in your favor. And these are professionals. They're not scumbags. They're professional baseball players. The ball is going to roll their way. A hit's going to go their direction. It's going to be more fair than it is foul one of these times, and they're going to stack a win on. It's a long season. They're going to get more wins. It'll just take some time. Uh, take these minor league players a couple more weeks to kind of get acclimated to big league pitching. But once it gets there, they're going to win five more games than you think they will. <laughs> All right. That's, I, I agree. It's again, it, it's, it's pretty hard to lose as even 115 losses is, is a lot. It's, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a lot of losses. Uh, trade in. Do you agree? So 120 over under over over. This is called karma. Oh. This, this president for the Cincinnati poo Browns, not the reds, the Browns. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they are reaping what they've sown. They sold everyone to quote, align with what, what was the quote i had it right here um oh yeah aligning our payroll with our resources first of all 
what the fuck does that mean? What's like that's such bullshit. It means money ball. You you actually you actually had a good team and you just fucking sold them. And to make matters worse, when when a fan came came to the president himself, Phil Castellini, um, voicing his concerns, he responds, "Well, where else are you gonna go?" That kind of cockiness, that kind of pompous asshole, bitch ass motherfucking shit that I just heard. That alone is what's going to make this team lose 125 games. They're going to lose 125 games. And you know what? I'm probably wrong, but I don't care. I hope they lose 125 games because that that president and this whole system that they have going on is absolute bullshit. And to respond to a fan like that who pays money to go to your park, who pays money for the hot dogs, if you're James, who pays <laughs> money for the, for, the, uh, for the beers, if you're James, um, who, uh, <laughs> who, who is a se- probably a season ticket holder, to respond to him like that, actually, you know, is 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 unbelievable. And you know what? You don't deserve you don't deserve to to have a fan like that. Then, and you know what? If I was that fan, I would find another team because if this is how your if this is how your organization is going to treat the customers of your team, you do, they don't you don't deserve their business. And for that reason, the karma of the the baseball gods themselves are going to punish the Cincinnati Reds for. I mean, I, I don't have an issue with aligning the payroll. It's just how you go about it. That's my problem. And you know what? They're going to get spanked like they already have. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I I agree, guys. I think I am going to steer more towards – I mean, I, I James, Trayton, I agree with what you're saying, and I kind of do hope it is that bad just for the entertainment aspect of it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but, James, I think – Logically, it's going to be more probably around 115, 110. Um, you also got to look in the division. Like the teams, if, if, if they're playing in the NL West, I'd be like, they're losing 150 games. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You got three teams there that are going to absolutely just demolish them. I'll, probably four teams, to be honest with you. Um, versus the NL Central, you got the Milwaukee Brewers who are playing fantastic. They, they look elite. The Cardinals are all over the place. You don't know what you're going to get. Then the other, the other three teams in the division aren't, aren't that great. The, the, the Cubs are eh. Pirates are, 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 are not, are not good. So they're not playing most of their games. They're playing in that division. The teams aren't very strong overall. It's kind of, it's a little bit of a top heavy division. So I think for that reason alone, the Reds are going to win enough games to not lose more than 120. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be close. And it's going to be bad. It's going to be a long season and it's going to suck. So it's gotta be rough to be a sports fan in Ohio, man. Like, like who do you, hey, but mean, they got the Bengals. Bengals that's true. That's true. They got they they got the Bengals. That's true. So they probably Ohio State. Ohio State's great too. Come yeah. on now. Oh, you're right. I mean, co- I mean, but when you have to go to college, I mean, that's just sad. <laughs> I don't know, man. Those college Dude, fans are pretty college legit. Huge, I work in college athletics. I probably I shouldn't be saying. Yeah, that, you. But, uh, <laughs> it. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the Reds suck, uh, and it's it's, <laughs> it's it's almost entertainingly how. How, how bad it is so, oh and it's not almost it is it's yeah, hilarious it, it is it's, it's pretty bad so uh yeah that's gonna do it for mlb this week guys um like i said uh all-star voting is starting soon it's in it's at dodger stadium this year so Already? let's yeah uh soon i said soon starting to start starting soon so uh what is soon to you like two weeks wow yeah i'm getting so, married in two weeks <laughs> i'm gonna be i'm gonna be voting for the all-star game during your wedding trade um <laughs> okay <laughs> cool story bro <laughs> yeah, yeah man um but anyway that's it for baseball this week uh yeah so let's let's uh let's keep watching some more sports guys i mean this this panthers the panthers managed to tie the game 
They're going in overtime, so they're still alive. OT, OT. Maybe the President's Trophy curse isn't real, but it definitely is. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) And that's final. That concludes episode 97 of TLDR Podcast. Episode name unknown so far as of right now. But you'll know (laughs) before we do. (laughs) I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, As Straden has mentioned, his wedding is in two weeks, which means our baseball game will be on the 28th at Angel Stadium. If you haven't bought tickets against the, the Angels versus the Blue Jays, buy them now because they're going quick. Join Everybody's going to be there. You can meet us. You can buy us a beer. We can slam a hot dog together. It'll be, it'll be great. It'll be a good 30, time. 36 of us are going. Thank there you. are 36 of us, but there's only three of us on this podcast. So we're three of the 36. So live podcast Matt. during the game. As well. Ooh. Terrible idea. There is no <laughs> acoustics in Angel Stadium whatsoever. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. Mean greet time. It'll be fun. Buy your tickets. Uh, thanks again for listening. Episode 97. It was great. I love this episode. Really good one. Um, if you love it, share it with your friends. If you don't love it, also share it with your friends. Good times. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Have a good week. We will too. Bye-bye now.